Hi! Welcome back to Lonnie's Library Podcast. We always do on this podcast. Today's episode will be a monthly wrap-up in TBR. Of course, before we get into today's episode, I am going to talk a little bit about what this week for me. I've kind of been having a great week, y'all. I'm currently reading The Secret Life of Trees by Peter Wallabin. It's a nonfiction and kind of like a discussion on whether or not trees are social beings. And it's all about like the way they show love, how they have friendships and stuff like this is very interesting. And I'm loving it. Uh, I've been currently having Nostalgia by Samara Joy on repeat and Searching by Sonder on repeat. I'm actually going to play that once I get done recording this. Because I, I love Sonder. I love Sonder. Son- and I know they're making merch. Bryn Fias, if you're listening to this. Um, David, if you're listening to this, please send me some merch. Send some merch my way, bro. Bold of me to assume that they're listening to my podcast. But if you are somehow please i'm begging please bro i don't care about nothing else yeah i've been currently watching national geographic documentaries i recently finished one about an elephant i think it was like the secret lives of elephants or something like that and it was like a 45 minute episode banger it slapped i don't care and i've been i've been which one am i currently watching hold on i'm currently watching sea of ice and i think like the great flood is what it's called but i've been currently watching national geographic documentaries and i've also been watching dinosaur train going back to my roots that's embarrassing wow Stop! Okay. So sorry. Oh my god. This is kind of chaotic. But I've been currently watching Dinosaur Train on PBS Kids without shame, might I add. Uh, what do I have to be ashamed about? I, I love Dinosaur Train. I'm sorry. Um, I've also been watching Wildcrats from PBS Kids. I'm sorry! <laughs> okay. What else? Oh, and my drinky of the week has been strawberry refreshers with lemonade and strawberry puree another starbeast drink under five dollars and it slaps i'm recently kind of going through like a fruity starbucks era where i'm trying all of the fruity summery drinks that they have and not gonna lie i'm having a great time oh also y'all recent book hauls i recently purchased All This Could Be Different by Sarah Thankbin Matthews. That one is a fiction and I know it's a little bit queer and it's about a first generation immigrant. If I'm not mistaken, I'm so sorry if I'm wrong about that. And my sister bought me The Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman, which I already told y'all I'm so excited to read because I feel like it's going to be British comedy mixed with murder mystery so as y'all can see i'm kind of already putting in motion to get through my summer tbr speaking of summer tbr i also plan to start the priory of the orange tree by samantha shannon tonight so you'll be hearing from me about that very soon is that it for oh activity i've been well i'm currently making my grandmother a chocolate pie for her birthday because it's one of her favorite desserts so i'm kind of in my baking era today trying to think of what else i've been doing oh yeah i've been playing spades like i've learned a few different card games so i've been playing spades and tunk and having a great time i've also been like hanging out with my family a lot this past week 
which has been great for me. My brother, my sister, and my other brother who just got home from college have all been having our sibling days. I already told y'all about that. Sometimes we watch paternity court. Sometimes we just gossip and sometimes we just trauma dump a little bit. And it's very fun and refreshing. Truly saves lives, you know. This time we just, y'all, we actually, this time we spontaneously just watched The Little Mermaid at like 10 o'clock at night. And it was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun. And we also had Buffalo Wild Wings and went thrifting. I do have some great summer clothes now after that thrift store hurrah. So back to the cards. I don't know how I got there from that, but I have been learning how to play spades and tunk with my cousins. And it's just the best vibe ever. We also played against my grandfather. Might I add, I did win a round against my grandfather. And he's like the spade champion in my family. So, nobody really has anything on me anymore. Oh, I also had breakfast with my sister, um, my older sister who lives out of the state. And we had breakfast with each other at this hotel and everything. And it was just so fun. I got a fat omelet with salsa and coffee and oatmeal. And it was a buffet. But yeah, that's pretty much what this week. I've been having a very fun week and already it's gonna be june 2nd when i upload this but today is june 1st when i'm recording and i've been having the best june ever already okay now before we get into what i read in the month of may i kind of want to do my june tbr before rather than doing it after like i always do okay june tbr the Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon, obviously, I, and I plan to start that today because hopefully I'll finish it in a few days. It's a big book, y'all. It's like 900 pages or so. I don't know. But that's the first book I plan to read this month. Then Kai K by Vaishnavi Patel. All This Could Be Different by sarah t matthews like memorial by brian washington and to the lighthouse by virginia wolf four out of five of these books i own physically already so i plan to annotate and all of that and like post my favorite quotes on bookstagram and stuff in the other book i just checked out from the library so yeah i'm excited about that i also plan to read tender is the flesh by augustina bass Tarika in june but i already finished it so we'll be talking about it in this episode but that's really all I plan to read. Like I really want to read in June and maybe like the Thursday Murder Club. Okay, that's really all on my TBR. So I'm not going to sit here and act like I have anything else to really say for my TBR. So let's just hop straight on into what, I pl what I've read in the month of May. It's been a pretty good reading month, but I also read some pretty bad books. <laughs> yeah, I was in a reading slump for the past two weeks like the last two weeks of may just haven't been hitting like they should and i was in a little bit of a reading slump but i am completely out of it and i feel like tackling every reading goal i've ever set for myself so that's fun the first book i read in may which is really a book that i finished in april but i didn't get to talk about it in the april wrap-up so i get to talk about it now and this is delilah green doesn't care by ashley ring blake a new favorite romance book of mine and a new favorite all-time book of mine y'all know my list of absolute favorite romance books is pretty short you literally have the brown sister series the bromance book club series 
Love Life Farm series and that's it. And we can go ahead and slap Delilah Green Doesn't Care onto that list. Because, oh my god, this book was so good. Delilah Green is a New York City living photographer that is returning to her small hometown bright falls to be the photographer for her stepsister astrid's wedding there she meets claire astrid's best friend and romances she's from there like it kicks off from there this book also highlights conversations surrounding childhood neglect and coping with the death of a parent at a young age and it was actually done very very well but it's still so good and it's not too heavy like, it doesn't, like, become a sad book because of the stuff that goes on with uh, Delilah's family. Uh, Delilah Green, Doesn't Care, is a sapphic romance, first of all. And when I say I ate this book up, I mean I ate this book up. Genuinely, it was one of the best books that I've read in a while. Especially best romance books that I've read in a while. For me, I don't really like reading spicy books. Like, a lot of times I don't know that the books are going to be spicy before I start reading them. But when a book starts to become spicy i just kind of skip over those scenes but the spice in this book was spicy it was pretty good <laughs> it was pretty good but people just authors tend to write spice scenes so bad that they actually make me cringe and want to throw up but this book did not do that and the sarcasm and the dry humor was so good and the story just flowed so well together and as y'all know i always say this when i'm talking about a romance book my favorite romance books are those romance books that have conversations going on outside of romance and romantic relationships love etc when there's conversations going on about something outside of those topics count me in it was just so good y'all there are moments where i tried to put the book down because i didn't want it to end so quickly but I ended up binging it, honestly. I ended up flying through it. It's just so vivid and so summery. And you guys have to read it this summer. There's this one scene where they're camping or something during the summer. They're hiking. There's like this big waterfall and lake where they're like setting up tents and stuff. And they kind of have like this barbecue moment. It's just so cute, so summery, and so good. So well written. And done so well. I absolutely adore this book. And I can't wait to be shoving it down y'all's throats for the next few months. If not years. After that, I read Conversations with Friends by Sally Rooney. Another favorite of the month. And a new all-time fave. This book follows two best friends and ex-lovers, Bobby and Francis, who get entangled in a messy affair with the married couple of Melissa and Nick. Bobby and Melissa kind of have a thing going on and Francis and Nick pretty much just start an affair. Like the full depth of this book honestly can't be summed up in a quick synopsis because it was so internal and it's really about the character's internal dialogue and just kind of the complexities of human life and human relationships. And when people say you either love Sally Rooney or you absolutely hate her, they're right. Because I could totally see why people would not like this book at all. But I'm not one of those people. I adore this book. It's one of my all-time faves. I will be recommending it so much. And this book just has officially lured me into the Rooney hive. So Sally Rooney's 
writing and characters were so uncomfortably relatable that I frequently had to put the book down because I was like, mm-mm. But this book had a feel of a classic in which you had to let the book absorb for a few days, arguably weeks, to truly understand how you feel or felt about what you read, yet it was so addictive that you wanted to read it in two days. And this is the type of book that you kept telling yourself one more chapter as the night drags closer and closer to morning. I'm speaking from experience at this point. Y'all, I binged this book. It was like 4 a.m. by the time I finished it. And I have absolutely no regrets about it at all. It was so good. And it was so messy. Like, I was, <laughs> what is going on? It was messy. But it was so good. And it was so intimate and internal and personal. I don't agree with the argument that unlikable characters makes a book bad. Because literally nobody in this book was likable. And yet it slapped. It was good. I love how the characters would have intrusive thoughts or just butt in randomly into conversations and say an impulsive sentence. Like people talk in real life. The characters were low-key unhinged and that was mostly relatable to me. The messy relationship between Francis and Nick kept me reading. But the friendship between Bobby and Francis is what I think will stick with me for years on end. This book just contained the most genuine and raw friendship I've ever read. And I just love reading books about relationships and friendships because I think they're inherently one of the most interesting things about life. Yeah, and I absolutely destroyed my copy of this book. Like, there's annotations all throughout it. The pages are dog-eared. The spine is absolutely torn apart at this point. But I would also like to say that I would suggest reading this book first when you want to get it to Sally Rooney like this is the best book to start with her because I read Normal People this month and it doesn't hit as hard as this book does but if you like this book you'll like anything that Sally Rooney writes and if you don't like this book you won't like anything that Sally Rooney writes so yeah that was a fun book uh and then we go to the next book that I read this month and it was Electra by Jennifer Saint. I really, really don't want to talk about it, but I will. Let's see, where do I start with this book? Electra is a book told from three different point of views. The first being Clytemenstra, my personal favorite story, who is betrayed by her husband Agamemnon in the most unimaginable way. Then Electra, the youngest daughter of Agamemnon and Clytemenstra, as well as Can Cassandra, who's on the other side of a war bound to come, and someone with the power to see into the future. Check the trigger warnings on this book, please. Let me start by saying I absolutely adored Clytemenstra. If this book was, the title of this book was Clytemenstra, five stars. Five stars. Oh my god, five stars. I love the rage that she harbored. I love how she got her revenge and the themes surrounding motherhood and vengeance that strictly came from her point of view. And I also like the kind of question on how vengeance is accepted when it's coming from a woman. Because let's be real, we deserve it. We deserve it! I also thought that Cassandra, her point of view was just okay. And funny enough, I absolutely loathe Electra. I hate her. I hate her. Oh my god, if I see this woman. Y'all, I gave y'all a play-by-play -play on my bookstagram. If you didn't see that, 
go follow me on bookstagram so you don't miss any more my reading reactions because it's kind of unhinged over there i gave y'all play-by-play on this book i posted my reactions to this book and i told y'all if i see this woman in person it's over for her like i'm going in on her I- i'm sorry like i will beat this woman up i'm sorry she sucked okay i started let me say i started reading this book because i was told that this book is for the people that read cersei wanting more rage which is like why i read it and though i absolutely adore cersei by madeline miller and it's one of my five star reads all-time favorite reads i wanted more rage people told me to read this book and i would agree that this book had more women rage i would agree with that because Clytemenstra, she served she served her story was just extremely well developed and Electra's story was just extremely underdeveloped but not only that but Electra's point of view kind of diminished all of the powerful points made in Clytemenstra's POV it's like Jennifer Sane wanted to make a point with Clytemenstra but she didn't want readers to be like "Ooh, what is she talking about so she brought in Electra to kind of diminish those points. It's like, I was just kidding, guys. You know what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? I feel like I'm rambling. I don't know. If you get what I'm saying, thank you. God bless you. But Electra was just extremely unfeeling towards everything that Clytemenstra went through. Even though it directly impacted her, too. She was so delusional, y'all. I genuinely couldn't understand her at all. Yet, there's enough said about how youthfulness will make you bold, confident, and wrong simply because you're stuck in your emotions. The pacing of the entire novel was so weird and I just could not understand how Electra pretty much had no motive. Electra was like, I love my daddy, so nobody should hurt my daddy. Even though my dad's literally terrible. Like my dad is literally the devil. He's Satan in human form. This man could couldn't get more evil. Him and Mick Riva from Taylor Jenkins Reid books, oh my god, they're on the same level, but Agamemnon is actually even worse. And you know how I feel about Mick Riva if you've been here for a while. And she just had no motive. She was just like, yeah, I love my daddy. My dad's the reason for living. I, I don't care about anything, anyone else other than my papa. And Clytemenstra's rage was just so raw. And the betrayal that she experienced was so pronounced. And even like the writing style when it came to Clytemenstra's point of view was so good. But I don't know. Like I just could not get behind Electra. And honestly I had to give this book like two stars. Simply because the fact that this book was titled Electra. Like I told you if this book was titled Clytemenstra. Five stars immediately. No doubt about it in my mind. But because it was titled Electra, and I hated Electra, I unfortunately hated the book. But I did love how it raised questions surrounding internalized misogyny, the continuous cycle of revenge and grief. But I think it just could have been executed better in terms of Electra's point of view. And honestly, Cassandra didn't even need a point of view in this book because this was her. Electra was a mess. Cassandra was just okay. And Clytemenstra was literally everything and all props to her for carrying this story then i read astrid parker doesn't fail by ashley erin blake <laughs> the complete mood shift anyway this is book two to bright fall series 
which book one was Delilah Green Doesn't Care, which we talked about earlier. Absolutely love that one. In this book, Astrid is starting a new job that involves redesigning Everwood in one of the like bed and breakfasts in in the uh Bright Falls town. The lead carpenter of the job is a woman named Jordan Everwood, and the, they run into each other quite literally before starting the job with each other and butt heads a lot over the design of the house throughout their entire time of working with each other. Uh, and it's kind of like a quote-unquote enemies to lovers. It's hard to say enemies to lovers when you've read fantasy books. You know what an enemies to lovers is. You know what that is. But this was kind of an enemies to lovers and not really. They just kind of get off on the wrong foot. Jordan runs into Astrid while holding coffee. And Astrid had on like her favorite dress. Her most expensive dress. And they kind of holler at each other in the middle of the street. And then realize that they're working with each other on this new job. Also, the job is being the like um, redesign of the house is going to be recorded for TV. I just love this series, y'all. Ashley Ring Blake does such a good job with banter, meet cute scenes, and morals. And this book just did a great job covering toxic parenting, stress, and how women specifically fall under the stress of feeling as though you have to live up to your parents' expectations, and so much more. I do like Delilah Green doesn't care more than this book, because you could feel the chemistry with Claire and Delilah once they met each other. Like, their meet-cute scene, ah, y'all, their meet-cute scene, I have reread seven times. My God, I love that scene. And it's so good i'm getting my sister to read this book and we'll probably do an episode together where we both rant about this book together because it was so good (laughs) and i hope she loves it just as much as me if she doesn't i'm literally kicking her out the house anyway the next book that i read was normal people by sally rooney sally rooney back at it again with another low-key heartbreaking bittersweet ending to a book And my copy of this book, again, is on the verge of falling apart. It's fully annotated with tabs on every page, and the spine is cracked. The cover has been, all in all, is very loved on. But also, once again, Sally Rooney served with a slice of life books. This book follows Marianne and Connell, who get in a complex, intimate relationship with each other during high school and the relationship kind of follows them into their adulthood in high school connell is more popular than marianne marianne is kind of like the unlikable nerd and then when they get to college it flips marianne marianne becomes a popular one connell becomes the unlikable nerd and i think the aspect i most appreciated from this novel was the way anxiety depression and loneliness was dealt with it was so well done and the internal thoughts of these characters that experience these feelings concerning they was just so relatable i also listened to the audiobook of this and it was really good but it's safe to say that i will not be watching any of the movie adaptations to any of sally rooney's books because her books are way too important to me to let a movie ruin it love ya okay okay Last book is a book that I DNF'd this month, and it is Miss Aldridge Regrets by Louise Hare. 
I told y'all in my summer TBR episode that I wanted to read this because it was like a take on the Titanic and the characters were kind of rich people and they were on a journey to New York. I DNF this 50 pages in. Y'all, it literally took me 15 days to get to page 50. It was just taking me an incredibly long time to get through it. And I was not interested in the plot at all. Like, I didn't care. And I was extremely excited to read other books. So I just didn't want to waste my time reading something I'm not enjoying. So I DNF'd it. Oh my god, I said that was the last book that I read. But it's literally not. What am I talking about? The last book that I read in the month of May, which I finished yesterday, literally the last day of May, was Tender as the Flesh by Augustina Bastarica. Not for me, babe. Not for me. It's it's a no for me. It's a no in all caps for me. I don't even know if I want to give a synopsis because I actually did not like this book and it makes me so sad because... Everybody told me I would love it. This book is about cannibalism being legalized. The main character, Marcos, is pretty much a butcherer. He kills people for a living and oversees the people that harvest and breed people for meat. Like, edible meat. I, I don't really care enough about... I don't care enough to do a full synopsis. But one day, Marcos gives... He gets a gift. And it's pretty much a female for him to murder and, like, use as a barbecue. And he can't bring himself to kill her. I wish I could spoil this book without shame, but I'm not one of those people. So I'll give you a spoiler-free chaotic review. This book was just brutal and disturbing and kind of nasty. I'm going to read from my book journal at this point. Yeah, if Y'all don't know Unhinged until you've read something out of my book journal. My Goodreads reviews can get crazy. My podcast reviews can get crazy. My bookstagram reviews can get crazy. But you haven't seen anything yet until you've seen my book journal. I said, this book was just brutal and disturbing and kind of nasty. Yet it felt like a first draft because literally nothing was developed. And because of the topics that were covered, it should have been very, very developed. It just was nasty to be nasty. There was no real point to it. Thank God I read it in a night or I would have felt like I wasted my time after that ending. I, I literally had to throw this book across the room after finishing it because it was whack and I hated it. I think if the book had a different ending, I would have liked it a little bit more, but not enough for it to be more than three stars. It was just kind of underdeveloped and kind of... I don't want to say lame. The only thing that was developed was the vocabulary. I couldn't picture any of the characters. I couldn't picture any of the scenes. Not even the factory in which Marcos worked. Or anything like that. It was just kind of boring and bland and underdeveloped. And I hate talking about books that I don't like. Because it feels like I'm just dragging the book to drag it. But I just did not like this book. And I really wish I did. One of my favorite booktubers recommended it. This wasn't it for me. It did not cut it. But yeah, that's everything that I read in the month of May. I hope you found this exciting, I guess. Uh, that was also a little bit of my June TBR. I hope you guys have a great day. I genuinely forgot my outro. What do I say? I don't know. I love you all so much. Make sure you give my podcast a rating. Make sure you follow Lonnie's Library wherever you're listening to this episode. So you don't miss next week's episode. And I'm going to see you next week, obviously. Bye.